0: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
1: all right the man who uh who has done a twin peaks podcast <laughs> Uh Brad Fowle show Ryan Brazier. This is basically like this is what the whole you know spring training is coming when I'm calling down at Twin Peaks saying hey can you push two tables together so we could do a podcast was that one of the highlights of your career you Ryan oh, you, sure. you you literally you literally had was I that was what that nineteen yeah it was like you were you were gonna be closer so we're like we got the closer yeah. the Red Sox um, but it was it was it was. It was I'll never forget it because obviously we've done podcasts down there. It's always great. Usually, uh, Joe Kelly and Rick Porcello. It's like poor went out for them because they're the ones who who got it going. But you, know, Brian Johnson, did it. Um, uh, Bobby Pointer was there once, um, and then and then. But the one that you did was so unique because Ryan, we had you, and it ended up being I don't know how many guys, like fifteen guys. Yeah, I was gonna say twelve or fifteen guys. Yeah, twelve there. or fifteen guys. And we're talking about, you know, obviously a bunch of reporters, TV <laughs> people. I mean, they're not TV people with cameras, but TV people just dis- right. there eating and drinking. And then another bunch of comedians who are like like really Jimmy Dunn and Will Noonan, these guys who are in town doing their show. And it was literally like, okay, everybody gets one question with Ryan yeah. Fisher. Right. No, that was fun. I had a good time that night for sure. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, so listen, a lot has passed since then, but you're still here. Unlike unlike most of that team, it is crazy, man. Like it's crazy that who's left? You endeavors, endeavors, and Chris. So, I'll say, oh, fail. That's it from 2018. Yeah, uh, somebody. Uh, uh,
0: I guess the day or two after I got here that, that we were, like, the only three people that are still here from 18.
1: It does, did did that just sneak up on you?
0: It did. I mean, I, you don't really pay attention to it, but, you know, there were three or four guys that, that were gone just, you know, this year that were here, and, and it, you don't realize it, I guess, until you get here. it's <laughs> baseball, right? This is the reality of baseball. I oh, guess. for sure. Oh, so it's, I mean, it is, you know, guys, you know, guys go different places and, um, you know, not, not very often
1: do you see people stay at the same team for, you know, five, six years anymore. No. Well, there you go. It's a testament to you guys and, uh, and part of the foundation. And so obviously been a, a roller coaster um, as we, you know, we talk about the business of baseball, buddy buddy, Matt Barnes, he gets DFA. I mean, and this is another part of it, right? The, where you know that you have a new GM. So, I mean, he's not new now, but he's turning stuff over. So when he's turning stuff over, this is what happens. You end up with three guys from the 2018 team. But in the meantime, it's like, okay, like who's the next guy is going to get turned over? And obviously, I, I would imagine you were surprised about Matt. I was surprised about yeah. Matt. And, and I would imagine you're – your group text chain was surprised about Matt. <laughs> was but that was, uh, did that take you? So, so with that said, did that take you by surprise? I mean, yeah, but, but at the same time, you know, as surprising as it was to a lot of people, you know, it's
0: just kind of the, you know, how things are, I guess, you know, I think, you know, I think guys don't get surprised anymore if that makes sense. I mean, cause I think everyone knows, you know, the nature of the game and, how how it is as far as you know going new places or you know getting DFA or getting traded you you know it's one of those things that you almost just you don't think about it and you don't really see it coming ever you know and and I just I think guys are not
1: really surprised anymore when when stuff surprising happens if that makes, if that makes no, sense no I mean it's it's weird because it is such a fluid industry. I guess. I mean, you've you've you, even though you've been with the Red Sox for all these years. Before that, you weren't. I don't know if you knew this. Right, right. I mean, I go through. You go through different places and
0: and different. You know, like you said, different front offices and stuff gets turned over, and that just it's been that way. You know, every level. I mean, you see it in the minor leagues the same as you see it in the big leagues. You know, new guys coming in, certain guys leaving or going up or down, and it just it's uh, it's kind of a, you know, not a revolving door, but You know, it it, it just – you don't get as surprised as, I guess, I used to.
1: I don't know. So, with that in mind, knowing how much turnover, were you worried at all this – not worried. I mean, you're going to pitch. doesn't make a difference. But Um, were you worried about suffering the same fate? I'm not going to sit here and say I
0: wasn't worried about it, but I wasn't worried about pitching. Like, I knew this year I was going to pitch regardless of if it was, you know, Red Sox or someone else. So I I mean obviously I like it here I want to be here um but like it, it's out of your control so it's just kind of you know you don't really think about it and I guess when it happens you think about it but um for the most part it's out of your control and and uh you just kind of pick up and
1: you know I guess move on well you know before I get to your you know raising your Q rating and uh and and propping you up here but it's did anyone during that time, and I know, listen, I'm going to get to some of the sort of the Ryan Brazier support system here, but in some of the facts, but what during any of that time when that was going on, did anybody in the organization say, hey, listen, we saw what you are. We saw what you were at the end of the year. This is, this is we're valuing you and we're, this is the reason why we're going to continue to value you. I mean, not so much as
0: to, like, really call and say that until after, you know, I signed and everything was, you know, I was coming back. But, you know, I think at the end of last year, you know, I was in a really good spot, obviously, um, finished the year strong. But, um, you know, just the daily work that, you know, Alex or Bushy or Walker in the bullpen or like the video guys, um, as much work as we did, you know, I could, you know, you can tell if if somebody's kind of behind you if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, You know, we worked, I worked hard at the end of the year on trying to figure out the best way to go about stuff as far as pitching Um, my mechanics. And, you know, it kind of showed and we went into the off season with the understanding I was going to keep doing the same stuff from, you know, day one of the off season until I got here. So um, yeah, you know, you just kind of work as if you're getting ready to come back here. And, you know, if that wasn't the case, I was, you know, just as ready to go somewhere else. So that if, takes, that if takes, I had to. I'm sorry, go ahead. If if I had to, you know, obviously mm-hmm. number one was coming back here right. and, and God, there's, there's nowhere I love playing more than Fenway. You know, it's, a, it's my favorite part, but um, you know, it's just like I say, you're, you know, you can't really get surprised
1: anymore either way. So uh, like you mentioned, uh, this is the thing that I've sort of like tried to scream from the mountaintops when everyone talks about your season last year is looking it up because I did the research because my work ethic's off the charts. And in in the last 13 outings, which would encompass the last month and whatever in October, you mm. had the third best uh, batting average against of any relief pitcher in baseball with as many as 13 appearances. Okay, so what was the difference there? And And I know that part of this... This could probably goes back to, you know, the even going back to last spring training, whatever, and take me through, like, the evolution of it. But I know that part of this, because I've talked to people in the organization, part of it was in August, the usage was sort of all over the place. And, and then you sort of settle in, boom, you hit your stride. And then, like you said, those numbers, those aren't fluky numbers. Take me through how you got to that point. Deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Tour tour. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Remarkable fight. Freak responsibly, gear reported by Crowley Port Chicago, Illinois.
0: Oh man. Well, I mean, you know, through the whole year it was kinda of up and down. Stretches are good, stretches are not so good. Um, and it just, you know, everything kind of got together and uh we got a really good plan as far as, as of attacking hitters and uh kind of how I was going about actually pitching, you know, in-game stuff because you know I I I felt like I'd have like my best stuff and get hit a little bit and not and wonder why. And you know, if you go look at you know certain numbers or certain analytics stuff, you know, you could see like percentage of fastballs. You know, I've I've uh, certain counts, you know, you might throw this pitch 99% of the time. Well, if I know that as a hitter, as soon as I get in the box, if I get to the, a certain count and you throw predominantly one pitch, I'm sitting on one
1: pitch. So you were being pre- too predictable.
0: I mean, I don't want to sit here and say predictable, but I, I just uh, – uh, there were certain things that that I changed in the last, you know, six, seven weeks of the season that started showing, you know, better results almost immediately.
1: Hmm. And,
0: go ahead. And I was just saying, you know, going into the offseason, that was, you know, the the, the mechanical work that, that I was doing and the, the you know, stuff I was working on on the mound, you know, just keep doing it. You know, we getting ready for
1: this year. A cliche question. Was there a turning point? Like, obviously, you know, there's it's a pretty big jumping off. Statistically, there's a pretty big jumping off point. But for you, was there – and it doesn't have to be this was the be-all, end-all moment – but what for you was there a turning point where the light went on and said, "Okay"? When I got or- a few days, I started throwing my two seam again, and I felt like
0: once I started throwing it, it kind of got me into a place that I don't know if I'd, I'd felt in a while. Um, but I, I want to say that like mid August or mid July or whatever it was when I started coming back with my two seam, my velocity went up a little bit and my stuff started getting better and then once I started doing the work you know the mechanical stuff or you know pitch sequencing or stuff like that and I think it all just kind of fell together and so you hadn't been throwing your two-seamer up until that point that during the year no I I hadn't thrown it in a couple years and when I went down um, I started throwing it again um,
1: and then threw it the rest of the year That must be a good feeling when you, when you, I mean, you know, pitching is tough. I don't know if you know this pitching is tough. (laughs) I throw a mean 40 mile an hour straight ball, Um, but it's to you're you're searching and you're looking at video and you're doing all this and then to find that thing where all of a sudden you realize, okay, this is it. This is it. And and, and, And it it wasn't
0: like a split thing, but I could, I could almost feel it coming. You know, one thing, and then another thing, and then it kind of all just, you know, domino
1: effect into started started having better, more success. Did you feel when you were on that run in September? Did you feel like the pitcher? You know, I can go back in your time with the Red Sox and show like dominant stretches. You know, two thousand eighteen. You know, two thousand twenty. Three quarters of that two month season, you were the best pitcher. Um, did it feel like those times? Like where you're like, okay, I've got like that sort of confidence and command over pitching the baseball that I did when I was really, really going good.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, when it, when you're going good, it's obviously, you know, it's easy. It's almost, I don't want to say it's easy to pitch cause it's not easy to pitch, but when it's going good, you don't even have to think about it. And you know, it's the exact opposite. You know, when it's going bad, you feel like nothing can go right. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I was in a in a super good spot with with how I felt. I felt, you know, my mechanics were good. I, I have, and my attack, the way I was attacking hitters, was was on point. And you know, it, 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 I keep saying it, but everything just kind of like fell together right there. The last you know five or six weeks of the season,
1: and and you know, obviously the results showed. So, how was the off season different? So last year, you know, last year you're sort of playing, it seemed like in spring training, you're sort of playing a little bit of catch-up with your velocity, right? Yeah. I don't know.
0: After 21, you know, it it was such a crazy year with getting hurt and Mm. then get hit in the head. And then, you know, the last, you know, three weeks of the season and then the playoffs and, you know, kind of took more time off than I I normally do at the end of the season. And this year – you know, as soon as the season was over, I took a few days off and then started throwing again. Mm. So, you know, I don't know where I'm at really compared to last year. I know I've thrown more off the mound this year than I have in four or five years uh, leading into spring training, but um ready to go.
1: How uh, how much did that, the the hitting and getting in the head, like, linger for you? Um, I no. mean,
0: the... Not, not nothing, few months, okay. a couple months. I, I don't have any, I get a little ringing still every, every now and then, but they said that that'll be, you know, forever could go away,
1: could not go away. But other than yeah. that, I, I've had no. Okay. I'm just, uh, uh, listen, no. I'm, I've never been hitting the head with a 104 uh, miles an hour line drive. So I don't know. Um, so, but I just want to make sure everything's okay. That's, how, that's good. Okay. Is everything okay? Everything good. I don't want you walking into Twin Peaks doing a podcast. at spring training, you know, with your head ringing. So, um, you ever play this? I I should know this. Do you ever play against Yoshida? I know you played against Say Suzuki because I talked to you about it. Well, he yeah, we were on the same team. I
0: I don't really remember playing against Yoshida because he would have been maybe first or second
1: year, probably. Okay. Um, okay, I don't really remember. That's okay. That's all right. It's all good. Um, so <laughs> there, there I failed on that one. No, so you were so uh, you, were, you were you were so you were so good on Seiya Suzuki yeah. last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh so when you look at this team, it's it's funny. It's you know, you talk about the turnover and everything else. Um what do you think the vibe I mean it's hard because there's so many new guys I guess. But what do you think like but you guys communicate and everything? What do you think the vibe is? Like is it is this going to be a you've been on teams where you've had to get a lot to know a lot of new guys. Is this going to be a feeling out thing? Is it going to be a chip on the shoulder thing? Um, you know, this is not the typical Red Sox. We're predicting you to, to compete with the the big boys, in the American league. I mean, I would definitely take the over, but, uh, but still, you know, the, the, it's a different scene. What is the vibe that you feel like with this team heading into spring training? Um, I mean,
0: honestly, I feel like everybody's going to come in with the, you know, same goal as every single year coming to spring training and that's to win. Um, you know, there's, like you said, there's a lot of new guys coming in, but a lot of veteran guys coming in, you know, guys that have been, you know, been to other places and have been around and been, you know, to the playoffs and to World Series. So I, I think that that holds a lot of weight um, as far as coming to a new place and especially a place like Boston that's expected to win. Um, you know, you bring guys that have, bring guys in that have won other places and, um, you know, hopefully everybody can can mesh and, and get along and, you know, you, you go out and surprise people. Mm, well,
1: there you go. I mean, 2013, they surprised a lot of people. I don't know if you know this, they won the world series. So there you go. I mean, yeah. I and mean, I, I, you know,
0: bringing in veteran guy, like I said, that, that have won other places. I I think that that goes a long ways. And, and, you know, more so as, as far as I've been there and I've won and I want to win. And the only way you can do that is to, to be like a close
1: group and, and, you know kind of click on all levels. Mm. Well, you you bring up veteran guys. Actually like I always so I want to do a podcast on this a little bit later in the week um because uh Darvish just signed an extension and you know his take taking on 42 and we've been talking about this a lot. Rich Rich Hill's been coming on this podcast like every other day. So uh <laughs> so we're getting him ready for his next career. But well, one of the things we obviously talked about is this acceptance of older pitchers. And Ryan, like we have, you weren't around, obviously, but John Henry, I remember when the Lester thing was happening, he had said, uh, you know, with 30 pitch, we don't really want to sign pitchers in the 30s. Now you're talking about pitchers, a ton of them, right? right oh, 35 and older. I think I counted on your team, probably you're going to have maybe nine. Over 30 and over. Prevetta, you can wish him happy birthday, February 14th. Um, right. 30, he's turned 30. But not, not nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. So do you get that sense in baseball? This is like your baseball analyst hat. But do you get the sense in baseball that, that there is this acceptance that maybe there wasn't before? Um, I don't know
0: because, like, when I first got, you know, in the big leagues in 2013, I felt like the Angels had – a lot of guys that were over thirty years old.
1: Yeah, but well, you know what? They didn't win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but, I, but I, I feel like most teams, most teams that you look at that win that win a World Series have veterans on the team. You know, around. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may not be you know nine guys, but I, but I also don't feel like thirty's
1: that old. Now thirty-five, oh, I, I feel like thirty-five is old. No, you know, there's, but that's, that's my right. point. It's not old. You just had you Darvish yeah. sign this like six year yeah. extension at or age
0: thirty six, right? And Chris, I mean, we signed Chris. Is a year older than I am,
1: Martin. Oh right. I mean, I, yeah. you want me to go through the list? I mean, Chris, Martin, um, Kenley Jansen. You know that, uh, and and the guys. And I, and I, I appreciate it because I do think that this cycle of prioritizing the 23-year-old – I'm sorry, 25-year-old with spin rate who has the 5 ERA and thinking that they're going to be something over the guy that you, like, know that knows what it's like to get through a baseball season, like, it's starting to come back a little bit. I I mean, I don't know. That's
0: I I, I think you're seeing it on on both ends more so now, too. You know, I feel like if there's a guy that's here that's doing it for two or three years, they're going to give that guy – you know, hey, we see you keep on doing this, so we're going to pay you now. But it's also, I feel like it's been the same the last couple of years for veteran guys. If they're still getting it done, they're still getting,
1: mm. you know, to to play. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so you're going to find it shocking, but on last week's show, Joe Kelly was on pushing books, right? <laughs> right. So so he. No, it's, he no. what? comes out soon right february 28th but you okay. know it's it's a whole thing he was just on radio row because you know what what screams football and super bowl more than joe kelly walking around with a baseballs <laughs> and boring t-shirt um, right. um but he told the story and he told the story in the book uh, a damn near perfect game reclaiming america's pastime ordered on amazon um but he told the story about the joe kelly fight right the right. tyler austin fight um were you on the team then uh, that was that was a couple months before I got. OK, so I don't know if you heard anything about this. So um, but he was talking about that fight, about how after the fight they had this team meeting of saying, hey, listen, their bullpen coach and relievers beat our outfielders in to the fight. And we got to we have to basically like get our crap together here. This was a wake up call. And he said, from that time on, it was like the sort of I don't know. Again, you weren't there for that meeting, right. but I don't know if you get that sense. No, I don't know. I mean, that, cause that happened was, pretty early. Right. Early. But, but did you get the sense that when you got there, it was like this? You know, obviously, winning helps, but this was like, okay, you know, let's go. Like this was, everyone was in it, in it to win it. Everyone's together. And I oh. know that you were trying to find your way on the team and everything.
0: I mean, you could, you could fill the, Energy flowing out of that locker room from the second I walked in. I mean, it was. I mean, and I tell people all the time that it was. It was like nothing I've ever been around. The the way that you know guys carry themselves. I mean, you could you could almost feel like we were going to win. And I know that that sounds crazy to some people, but it it just it was
1: a different it was a different type of like energy in the locker room every day. Well, well, that said, one of the guys, you know, we talk about leadership and leadership for me, for a baseball team, comes from all different corners of a clubhouse. And undeniably, like Nate Vivaldi was a leader. Like Mm -hmm. all you have to do is see the guys following what he was doing and everything else in his own way. Um, How how much, like that is another part of this equation, which we just don't know. You knew who, and obviously Chris Sale's still there, you're still there, but taking Nate out of that locker room, Like, that's a challenge, along with obviously taking him off the field. But that's a challenge, right?
0: Yeah, for sure it is. You know, um, there there's multiple guys that talk to Nate daily, you know, about routine or about pitching or about anything. And and to to lose a guy like Nate, you know, it, it does. It hurts a team. It hurts, you know, obviously we didn't want Nate to go anywhere else. But at the same time, it's like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, it's almost like you're, you're supposed to expect the unexpected because it's so, like, normal. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get surprised when, when guys go or sign other places, get traded or, or DFA'd or released or whatever just because it's it's so normal now. But I'm sure that that somebody, you know, and like you, you mentioned, Chris, earlier, you know, other guys will step in and... and hopefully take take that tough role that, that Nate was for us last year and, and the last few years. Uh, so of all
1: the guys, there's a huge turnover, so I can go down the list. Bogarts, J.D., you, Nate, Matt, um, you know, a bunch of guys. Of all the guys, when the season ended, you would say that's the guy that I'm most surprised isn't here now. Oh, shoot. I mean it's like but like you said, Bogart's what oh, you there? It, yeah, it just it's it's so I mean Bogart's was a you listen, you get a I don't know if you know this, if someone offers you an eleven year deal, you're probably gonna take it. Yeah. And that's the that thing is like you can't be like you can
0: you couldn't be surprised that Bogey didn't come back. Like I just Oh
1: you're asking me are you asking me? No, no I mean right, I, I I if, if someone no told to... me if someone told me on that last day, when we did the podcast, and Xander Bogart said the Brad folk show was his favorite podcast of all time. So yeah. um, that day, if someone said to me uh, he's going to be offered an eleven-year deal, <laughs> he's not coming back. Yeah, not a chance. And that, you know, I so you just you know, on the same
0: thing, and I don't, I don't know, you know, obviously what the numbers were for like Nate and stuff, but you just there's, there's no way you can be surprised when you know guys aren't around anymore. Right Or the exact opposite could have happened. I wouldn't have been surprised if we would have went and got, you know, the top three free agents on the market. You just – it's – it's you can never be surprised is, is one of the things that I've come to really
1: realize anymore. You just can't be surprised about things. Okay. There you go. 2023 red size colon. Don't be surprised. Um, yeah. But uh, last thing is one thing that we've been doing, trying to do throughout the offseason is – We can't control how good your team is, but what we can control is to make sure that your bullpen has the best walk-in music in the American league. Um, So we allowed our listeners to pick John Schreiber's walk-in music. Zach Kelly already had good walk-in music. So uh, we took suggestions, but he ended up having the same one. Um, So what is your walk-in music? And also a new guy, uh, Wyatt Earp Mills. And if you don't call him Earp, then then you're not doing your job because – that's the big <laughs> name that we I am giving him uh we, he, same thing he's he said to with listeners I pick my walking music we just had on um Richard Blyer a new another re- new reliever same right. thing he's open like he said give me suggestion and that's what we can do that's all we can do here first of all are you uh are you married to whatever ma- wa- walking music you have right now um and if not uh do you want us to give you suggestions so the last
0: since I've been here, the booth just plays random songs for my walkout music. Really? <laughs> but so they asked, I wanted one. I just said no because they usually it's like an all right, like it's an all right walkout song. You know, they do a pretty good job of picking them. And then this year, my son told me he wanted to wanted me to have my own like every time walkout song. And so we have a couple that I like,
1: but I'm not. I'm definitely not married to one yet. All right. Can can you can can I put up a poll? And you can yep. take the, the results for whatever you want. Um, yep. And by the way, this is great because we talk about you know, baseball being fun. I mean, I think the Timmy Trumpets thing went a long way last mm. year. And that was cool. That was great. This is why we can have these conversations. So give me um, give me whatever the ones you have. I'll put it up on the poll. And then you can take it, the results for what they are. Do you have them? Yeah. There's one called
0: One Star Flag. Okay. it's uh, I think it's Casey Donahue.
1: Okay, right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be familiar with no, any of these. But okay, uh, uh, I'll, 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 go ahead. Uh, Stone Cold Steve
0: Austin's walkout song. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, you know that's, that's a not, good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. And um, uh, oh, what's the song? In the air tonight, but it's not Phil Collins. It's Nonpoint. It's like a hard rock. Okay, all right, and, uh,
1: the three that I had. All right. Perfect. Perfect. I feel like I, we've accomplished something in my life. If I can get you guys <laughs> all on the same page. Like I said, like thinking back to it now, we've had a pretty good. So like you like said, Schreiber. Well,
0: I thought it was cool for the whole bullpen to walk out to like, W, like old school WWE.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, let's it, be honest, Ryan, there's a lot of time in spring training. So we got a lot of time to work on this. Right. Uh, all right. Well, I feel like we accomplished a lot today, so it's good stuff. Um, so I appreciate it as always, and uh, and I look forward to when we uh have 15 people asking you questions at a sports I'm bar. Ready to go. All right.